Hey guys, what's going on? It's the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. In today's episode, we are going to get into a little unpleasant news. You know what I mean? Some tragic news we have to touch on. We're also going to talk about Virgin Voyages, the Scarlet Lady. And we're going to get into an article, maybe a little bit of a reaction piece, on a article that Cruise Critic did on a theme cruise and we have a very special guest on the phone today. We have Craig from UR Comps coming at you right now on the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. Here we go. Hey, yo, all aboard and welcome. It's about to be on. Grab a couple of cones because we about to be gone to the Caribbean. Seven days and eight nights. Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light. Yeah, we always be booked. We got our drinks in the sky. From New York City to the USBI. Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up. Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump. Finding pockets on the Lido. She ain't gotta be a tent. Cause we did the things and we'll do them again. Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out. Cause we got the drink package and we're maxing it out. Everybody, come on. I said, sound that horn. Cause we gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show coming to you not quite live from the K Compound in Boca Raton, Florida. I still, it just doesn't roll off the tongue, Boca Raton. Boca Raton, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what it's called, but either way, neither here nor there. we got a great show for you coming up today. At least I hope it's going to be a great show. We're going to have some fun. I want to talk. I want to get the bad stuff out of the way first, okay? First of all, I am not, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm kind of... I don't know how long I should do this for, but I'm kind of leading, leaving the coronavirus topic to other people. You know what I'm saying? I am definitely not. I'm definitely keeping an eye on it from a peripheral standpoint. I'm seeing what's out there, seeing what's going on. I'm hearing the buzz. And uh, clearly, it's not looking too good right now. I don't know. You know, these things, you just wonder. They seem to take care of themselves a lot, whether it was how many, how many, virus situations have we had we've had the bird flu right we've had SARS we've had the uh, swine flu we've had all sorts of these things and everybody was always nervous about them this one does seem to be a little bit different it seems a little bit more what would you say a little bit more crucial critical you know what I mean I don't know I don't know where this ends up but I'm just gonna you know Every day, it's almost like you hear, you know, four passengers on this cruise ship were, you know, found to be passed away. They lost their lives. Uh, This cruise ship was turned away from this dock. Uh, These people were quarantined and they're not allowed off this ship. And, you know, it's, it's just a little bit of a cluster F right now. So... I definitely always, I can't do it enough just to kind of send you over to the people like cruiseradio.com and some other trusted uh, news outlets that are out there. You know, I want to keep it a little bit, uh, I guess, towards the fun as much as possible. I like to celebrate cruising. I like to give you like cruise news and when the good and the bad as far as cruising. But again, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassingly, I guess, not really giving you what you need to know. And I'm kind of just own the fact that I'm really not johnny on the spot with this coronavirus stuff so i think if you really want to hear the the details on that this is what i'll say from an overall standpoint i say just keep 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 an eye out you know what i mean i don't think we are at a level where we have to be scared i am not going to be one of these people that are 
you know, cruise line, what would you say, apologists that are saying, you're crazy, you know what, you, there's no, there's no, it doesn't exist, coronavirus isn't real, there's no such thing as, you should not be concerned, I'm not going to come out here and tell you that you have nothing to be concerned about cruising on a cruise ship, because I just don't, I, I don't know that information, it might be true, it might be nothing to worry about, it might be kind of a little bit of a, a blown up by the media, it could be. But I'm not here to tell you I know that definitively. So what I'm saying is just keep an eye. If I had a cruise right now, I would not cancel it. I'm I'm telling you that right now. I would go on the cruise. But I am watching these things. And, you know, as I said before, they seem to always take care of themselves. And they seem to kind of fizzle out after a while. But, you know, they do until they don't. Now, is this going to be the one that becomes a real threat? And, you know, we we do lose significant numbers population-wise? I don't think so. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen. But, you know, if you don't get this thing... What would you say if you know if you don't get out ahead of it, you don't take the right procedure and the right steps that it definitely could happen. You could see it happening. It's the possibility is there. You know what I mean? I'm not a politician. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just saying I would just keep your eye on it. That's all. That's all the advice that I can give you right now. Um, another not so pleasant topic that we have to discuss is something we've talked about, and it's a little bit of a follow up. Uh, the young lady uh, Chloe who. Lost her life on the uh, Royal Caribbean cruise ship. Her grandfather was holding her out the window. Uh, well, I mean, that was what was alleged Alleged that happened. She was being held out the window. He was saying he thought it was glass and she slipped. Listen, quick little synopsis of the story. Uh, the little girl was playing. Her parents were somewhere else. She was supposedly under the uh, watchful eye of her grandfather. She ran over to the window. Her grandfather lifted her up. Their story is that they held the little child up into the gl- up to the glass. The grandfather thought there was glass there, so the child hit the what would be a window and fell out. That's the story. Uh, the cruise. Uh, I'm sorry. The uh, the family then sued the cruise line, and subsequently. The grandfather was charged. So my theory on it always was, and I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's gaining some traction, my theory. I think the, the theory was that I had was that the grandfather did act negligent, probably did something regrettable and probably something, he probably made a, a big mistake. You know what I'm saying? He made, he made a mistake and decided that he was going to sue, they were going to sue the cruise line. Uh, what happens then? Scrutiny is placed videos are looked at and then you see oh wow holy cow so what i saw i watched after you know this came out today so what came out was that the grandfather ultimately is going to plead guilty to negligent homicide of his granddaughter awful story now i am cart uh uh, compartmentalizing here okay the sympathy that i have for this grandfather and the sympathy that i have for this family and obviously the little girl is is unimaginable. I, I mean, I have total sympathy for these people. Having said that, they are wrong. Okay, the grandfather was wrong for what he did, and the family is wrong for suing the cruise line. Okay, especially, you know, this paperwork was filed in a matter of days after the death of the grandchild, and I don't know who advised them on that. I don't know if it was just something that they felt strongly about right away. Compartmentalizing, okay? People are going to get mad at me right now. Some people are going to say, you know, just let the family be in peace. This is a new story, guys, okay? The minute they decided to pass paperwork or, 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 or press charges or, or seek litigation or file a complaint, this becomes a, a news story that is analyzed by 
people like me, people who do this for, 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 for a hobby or a living or whatever you want to call it. So clearly what seemed to have happened was that the grandfather in the video was chasing the child around as she was just curious and running around the ship and she saw the window and she saw where it was an open window and uh, she wanted to go up and she wanted to get picked up and clearly uh, you could see the grandfather picked the little girl up and I don't know, you know, the news didn't want to show the video. You don't see the girl falling, okay, in the video that I saw. But you saw an angle that's coming from the same side, I think whether I think it was um I think it was starboard and a little bit of a distance away. You know what I mean? Maybe the other other side from a bow to stern standpoint. And you could see the grandfather what looks to be him holding his granddaughter out over the side of the cruise ship you know you don't see this okay you don't see the little girl but you see his arms disappear into off to the side of the ship and he's got her outside the window okay so this is going on for a good 20 to 30 seconds and then after about 20 to 30 seconds of him you don't see his arms why because they're out of a window they're outside of a window and then after about 20 to 30 seconds of that you see him drop to his knees shriek in horror you don't hear it but you could tell it's just a bad situation and then everybody else on the pool deck is i guess running over and kind of like reacting to that because clearly something absolutely awful happened so that video to me just basically says it, it was what it was the grandfather made the biggest mistake of his life likely and uh because of it the 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 child is is gone and from what i hear from what they said is that all, the only request going forward is that so since he pled guilty i heard a couple of different reports there may be short jail time or no jail time i'm guessing there's probably going to be no jail time you know what i mean i think any judge is probably going to feel like this family has suffered enough and that'll probably be what happens i heard he could get up to three years but i feel like they'll probably give him no jail time and that was a fairly uh, there's no promises because a judge can see this and be like absolutely not you never know what's going on with each judge but you know could he go he could he go away yes but i guess he was advised to plead guilty and uh that's what he did so he he's he pl pled guilty he didn't get a plea agreement he didn't get a bargain with the with the with with, with the court he pled guilty so unfortunately uh that's how that story pretty much ends. And uh, the only statement from the family that I heard was that after all this, this is all said and done and everything's the dust is cleared. All they want is for that video to be released from public record to be to be taken back. And I don't know how you could do that. If it's if it's on YouTube already, it's already out there. I don't really know how you're going to get that video. There's nothing really significant. You don't see anything happen. But, you know, it's just logic you see you see his arms disappear out a window you just don't see his arms or you don't see the child pretty much now there might be a different angle out there that i did not see but yes he hold, he, he you tell me if i'm wrong it looks like he held the child outside the window for a good 20 to 30 seconds no good horrible awful i mean i was watching it thinking about it i watched it again and i and i got like physical pain like i physically ill from watching this the sadness of it and just the awfulness of it and how you know that this family is going to be rocked forever uh and i said it in my facebook group uh that all i could do is you know hope 
somehow, some way, this family, uh, you know, is, is, ends up at peace as much as possible anyway. All right, let's move on from there. No, so we're going to talk right now about, you know what? Our guest from last week apparently broke the internet because she took a tour of the Scarlet Lady. I think she stayed on Scarlet Lady for a little while. I think it was a night that she spent on Scarlet Lady. But either way, she took a tour and dusted dusted off the camera and did a video. Now, Emma has gotten really, really good lately. She's not lately. She started out good. Now she's gotten a lot better doing these video and voiceover tours. So she did that for Scarlet Lady. And you know what? I do have to give Emma credit. And I'm not trying to rat her out or anything like that or, you know, bring light to the fact of what she did because, you know, she clearly, listen, the cruise line invited her on to ideally be very, very impressed with this cruise ship and give Emma kudos because Emma went on and she uh, displayed what you call integrity. And she put, she put out there the real thing. You're going to see a lot of these uh, bloggers out there. A lot of people go on and, you know, it's they get they get comped things. And then they're going to do nothing but gloat about the ship. You know what I mean? And talk about how great the experience was. And I'll give them credit because they do usually drop a little bit of a hint here and there. Not, not, noting when things are lack, you know, when there's things that are to be desired on the ship. And they do do that. And I'll give it to them for that. But Emma really said, listen, honesty is the best policy, and she really wanted to like the ship, and there were parts of it that she did like, and she is hopeful that, you know, they're going to learn from these things, and, you know, who, who knows, too, because Emma will probably admit, too, she was not on a full, you know, four or five night sailing. She was on a pretty much a media cruise, so she probably didn't get the full gist of it, but some of the things that she noted, and some of the things, and Emma's video while I think it was definitely the best video out there on the uh, Virgin cruise ship, the Scarlet Lady, definitely check her out at Emma Cruises. Uh, she's not the only video out there. And there were other ones, and I did look at them too. And I used the information I'm about to talk to you guys about. Uh, I used all the videos that I watched. So the first thing that you have to kind of notice is that when you're on a cruise, I mean, people like to lay out in the sun. And usually when you like to lay out in the sun, there is a pool. They decided to really put a cruise ship together that almost has almost no pool. There's one pool, and it looks like the size of a glorified hot tub. Very, very small. The The, the pool deck itself looks very, very small. And this does not appear to be a cruise ship that is built around. Now, Emma said this in her video, too, and I didn't realize this, that this ship was built by non-cruise employees. They wanted to shake up the world. They wanted to do something different. Now, I give them credit for that, okay? I give them the E for effort, but, you know, it's also, a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, you have to give some nods to what was, and I think that is probably the fault of the powers that be. Listen, anytime you're making a decision, if you're a boss, if you're in charge, if you're calling the shots, a good boss is going to use the advice of his advisors or her advisors. They are going to listen. They're going to go to the wall. They're going to die on the hill for the things that are really important to them. But then the advisors have to say, listen, 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 listen. You can't do that because of X, Y, Z. There's been studies done. There's research. There is a sample size of information of information out there that will 
tell you that this is not going to work. And I don't know who let this guy build a cruise ship that barely has a pool and a very, very microscopic Lido deck and get away with it. But unfortunately, uh, Mr. Branson, or if you're really in charge, whoever was in charge, uh, you, you had a you had a couple of yes men around you for this one okay and that's what happened there so the pool deck is kind of borderline disastrous and look for that okay maybe i'm wrong i've been wrong before believe it or not would you believe that i've actually been wrong before i think so but um you know i think uh i think you should definitely check out some of the reviews that come off i think that's going to be one of the most uh talked about things in the reviews the negative most negative comments in the reviews are you know you wake up on your first sea day you go downstairs or upstairs depending upon where your cabin is and you want to hit the pool and by 8 30 a.m there is no space and there's nothing there's no pool to get into i mean the ship i think i don't know emma said like four thousand passengers i didn't think it was four thousand passengers i thought it was like in the in the mid threes or whatever maybe who knows potato potato but it definitely looked rough. It definitely looked like it was going to be a little cramped there. Now, before we head into the stateroom, I'm going to welcome all the new listeners. If we have some new listeners, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm sure we get a couple every week. And uh, welcome to the show. This is not only a podcast. It's not only a YouTube channel. It's a community. And uh, we're happy to have you be a part of it. You know, I've been told that I was an acquired taste. So I would, you know, as everybody hears every week, I would uh, sort of uh, encourage you to give it a couple of shows to see if you like it. Join the Facebook group. Now it's on Facebook. It's the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Join that group. It's a great, great community. There's some heavy hitters in there. There's some people in there who are key members who really do a great job of keeping the group moving. And uh, it's a great way for us to interact. We talk about cruising, we ask questions, we answer questions, we talk philosophical issues, we just celebrate cruising, and we also break each other's chops here and there. It's like a real deal group of friends. So definitely join the Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. I have a Patreon, guys. I do uh, I spend a lot of time doing this stuff, and I spend a good amount of money on whether it's you know the hosting site or whether it's the equipment or whether it's the website. So, you know, ideally, I like to. Uh, well, I don't really explain yourself. I want money. <laughs> I do a show, and it's uh, borderline every day. Usually, I do another show every single day on the Patreon. So, if you want to support this show and you'd like to get another show every single day. I have been skipping a couple of days here and there, but let's just say it's as close to every day as possible. And that show is about different things. It could be about cruising. It could be about my crazy life, some of the stories that I have from the crazy, you know, decade plus in the restaurant industry and in the nightclub industry. I uh, talk philosophy. Sometimes there's sneak some sports here and there. And it's just basically a, a show, a companion for you to go to work with every day. And, you know, some people are into that. And if you are interested in that, it's P A T R E on.com patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always be booked and you're invited to spend five dollars per month and there you will be supporting the show and getting yourself access to another show every day so that's pretty much it yes we have the travel agency you'll hear about that later we have the uh, instagram always be booked let's talk about the inside cabins or just the cabins in general on scarlet lady now they definitely look like they continued the theme of let's be different and uh they took the initiative and decided that they were going to be uh, a couch during the day 
and it was going to go over to a bed at night. You were going to get like full on turned down service. Now, this, I think, is now an example of really trying to do too much. I mean, that's to me, how much time are you spending in your cabin to where you have to have your room steward turn down your bed every night and turn your couch set up into a bed? And now if you have a bed and you're sharing a bed with somebody, it's pretty standard. The two beds go together. Now, if you're sleeping with somebody that you're platonic with, if you're rooming with somebody that you're platonic with, I should say, uh, the configuration is weird because then you have to move it around because the space in the room only allows you to sleep head to head or foot to foot. So it's almost like a 90 degree angle. Very, very odd. Very, very strange. Didn't look like there was a lot of storage near the desk or the vanity or whatever you want to call it to where, you know, you you, you have the little desk area in the mirror. Uh, the bathrooms look ridiculously tight. You know, if I had to sit on that toilet bowl, I'd probably have to have one knee in the sink. Uh, very, very tight. You know what I mean? I guess they, what they're trying to do is basically conserve space to have a lot more common areas or maybe a lot more rooms. I'm not sure, but the rooms in general look very tight. Uh, the cardinal sin here to me, and anybody who listens to this show is going to know that I just won't have this. This is a single reason enough for me not to cruise on Virgin Voyages. Guys, are you ready? Are you sitting down? You can't fit the suitcases under the bed. That's a deal breaker for me. I mean, I don't know. I, I may end up on a Virgin Voyages cruise ship. But that right there is reason enough for me to, you know, definitely sit back on it. Now, these sailings are only like four and five nights. And that was basically a breakdown. They had to scurry around because the problem was is that they were going to feature exotic Cuban cruises with, you know, some stays at their brand new Ocean K, their new private island, and maybe some other bohemian places and uh wherever else they were going to go. So uh, the, now that got canceled, we can no longer go to Cuba based on polit polit politics and legislation. And uh, now they had to scramble and, you know, they're stuck with these four and five night sailings. So I'm still confused as to how well the 18 and over only thing is going to go. They're not allowing children on this cruise ship. This is a very, very risky and bold move. What I am, I I'm ready to make a prediction on Virgin Voyages, and I don't think it's going to go well. I really don't. I think, you know, you will impress some people. You've already impressed me with your balls. You've already impressed me with the fact that you are willing and able to go against the grain, and I give you respect for, for that, for trying, but I'm looking at these ship tours, and I'm looking at the layout. What you're doing is painting yourself into a corner. Your prices are out of control. Your itineraries are only four and five days. You have uh, no pool deck, basically. You are not al allowing families on your cruise. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are in general across the board of families. These are Carnival, Norwegian, Royal Caribbean. These are cruise lines who are tried and true. They know what they're doing. And they are even probably nervous that when they build a, a new cruise ship, will they be able to fill it? What avenues are they going to have to go to fill these cruise ships? You have... Not You have zero credibility at this point in the industry. You're not letting families on. Your prices are through the roof. You only have four and five night sailings. How, I mean, what are you, are you trying to put all this pressure on yourself? I mean, it's nuts. So uh, what I also saw, and I'll give credit to Emma for saying this, all the furniture, everything on the ship 
it looks so much more elegant and for the look than it is functional. Definitely, some of those chairs that are laying around there, some of the table setups, it just looks like they just wanted this cruise ship to look pristine and look gorgeous. But you know what? When you try to go sit, ever go, ever walk by, walk down Carnival Boulevard, and right across from the casino, right up along those windows, those, you know, you pl- you sink into one of those couches. It's so comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Are they the best looking, most beautiful, state of the art, modern looking couches? No, but they're so comfortable. And you know, there's just a lot of chairs. There's different ways you can figure. Configure these things. Look like they got like just circular tables where you got to stuff everybody in, and uh, it just doesn't. It just doesn't look very functional. I guess we will see once it ha- once it happens. Um, and then I think they try too hard with the verbiage. You know, we already talked about how. You're not a passenger. You're a sailor. You know what I mean? They're going to have to call you. They're going to have, you're going to hear good morning sailors. You're going to have to be called a sailor. It's almost like patronizing how often they're going to call you sailors. Uh, you know, onboard credit is called uh, uh, booty, I think, right? Booty. Uh, first mates or travel agents. I mean, you, there's a point where you go too hard. I, I think it's I think it's out of control. And then I'm, I'm going to say something. I, I saw in Emma's video... She just happened to show the ice cream stand. And I didn't listen. You guys listen to this show, right? You know I curse sometimes. You know we talk about the partying end of it. You know I am not easily offended at all. But I don't, you know, and I love to go to the comedy. You go to the comedy show and they talk with the most vile language you could talk, you could you could use on Carnival, and I love it. I, I think it's funny. I get a, I get a laugh out of it because it doesn't offend me. It cracks me up. But in a common area where they sell ice cream, and who likes ice cream? Kids, right? The sign behind the, wall, the, the behind the counter says "Lick me till ice cream." I don't I don't like that. I don't like that at all. That's that's children want ice cream they gotta they're gonna read that seven-year-olds are gonna read that mommy daddy what does that mean lick me till you're gonna have because they're gonna read it it's just there you're gonna have little kids yell lick me till i scream that's not cool that's not appropriate i don't like it you know what would you want to call me something for that you say i'm a little uh uptight you know i'm old school whatever i don't think that's cool i don't appreciate that that they you know Virgin Voyages, you're just being a little too a little too hip, a little too new. Do we really have to have, you know, lick me till I scream in a common area, in an ice cream area on the cruise ship? I'm not into that. You guys uh you guys can comment Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Tell me if I'm overreacting on that. All right, some of the good stuff. All dining seems to be free. Uh, the soda is included in the drinks as well. Uh, it seems like they have some drinks for free uh, that are included in the price of the cruise as well. Uh, here's one thing. They have a buffet, which is good and bad because it is good. You're a cruise ship. You're supposed to have a freaking buffet, right? What's bad? They're telling you they don't have a buffet. That The marketing is that we don't do buffets. We don't have a buffet, okay? All right, how are you going to pull off a cruise ship without a buffet? Well, it turns out you go on the ship and there's food laid out in hot plates, uh, catering style, and you help yourself. 
I don't know how much more of a buffet. I don't know what you could call that. Anything but a buffet. Okay, so they have a buffet. So don't just don't say you don't have a buffet. Uh, what does look cool also is the gym and spa area. They've been talking about this for a very long time about how they are going to make the I guess the the workout area and the health club area. Now I said this too on my ship tour of the. Oh, by the way, check out YouTube. Always be booked on YouTube. I put two videos up recently. One video is a ship tour of the Adventure of the Seas, the ship we were just on for the group cruise and the other video is if you're sailing on carnival and you don't like the fact that they hold you to 15 drinks a couple of hints on how you can get around that so if you can check that out on youtube uh always be booked the last two videos give it a like subscribe bells whistles whatever they do whatever they tell you they're supposed to do um so they've been saying for a while that the workout area was going to be nice. They were going to do ins- half inside, half outside, and it was going to be like a spa type of experience combined with the uh, gym. And I did say, I think more cruise ships. This is one thing, probably the one thing that is going to get emulated. You know what I mean? I would talk about sports and we do analogies here. And the NFL has been a business for 100 years, as we know. And now here comes along the XFL. The XFL is back now, but it first took a shot in the 90s. Of, I don't know if it was ever going to compete with the NFL, but it was going to try to offer a football alternative for the people who like football once the NFL season ended. And what they were going to do was a lot of the things that it was almost like a totally diverge, virgin voyages. It was almost like the same thing. They were going to let the players date the cheerleaders. They were going to let you put your nicknames on the back of the jerseys. They were going to have hardcore kickoffs where it's like the collisions are out of control they were going to make it more of a physical game and make it more of a volatile game all that stuff was what they were going to do to make it the anti-nfl celebrate touchdown celebrations that was when the nfl was getting a little uptight about how you could celebrate they've clearly let that go since but back then they were like you know sportsmanship you know no overly celebrating and xfl was about the opposite when it came to all that stuff none of it worked there's only one thing that worked with the XFL that the NFL actually copied, and that was the different high-tech camera angles. They went way next level with the different, um, I guess, what would you call them? Uh, uh, almost like zip lines. They're putting cameras on zip lines so they can kind of like travel around, travel around the stadium, and it gives more of like a free-flowing feel to the angles that you get, and uh, you'd have access to different shots that you normally wouldn't have. And the XFL did that for the NFL. I think that the the the, the Virgin Voyages, when Virgin Voyages is long gone, and they sell their ships. Or they turn around, you know, they could always improve and take notes and turn around because I think this is going to come out of the gate a disaster. That's my prediction. It is going to come out of the gate a disaster. But what is going to work is that spa and that gym setup. I think a lot of people are going to take what Virgin Voyages did with the gym and spa and and take it to another level to where, you know, you could work out inside, you could work out outside, uh, you can come out of your workout, go to a juice bar, then right over to the spa, the whirlpool, the whirlpool that the, 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 the hot tub from the spa looks bigger than the friggin' uh, the, 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 the main pool. It looks like that from the pictures. I'm sure it's not, but at least from the angles and the pictures that I saw, it looks every bit as big. But I think a lot of the health and wellness and, I guess, um, you know, spa-type situations as they connect with the -the state-of-the-art exercise and workout and rejuvenation and, uh, you know, retox. They're talking about detox and retox. Uh, I think a lot of cruise lines will borrow that from them. I think that'll be their legacy, and that's pretty much it. But... um. 
they i heard emma did give a big nod to the crew they did say the crew was overly overly friendly um you know and that was one of the reasons why she was sad to give it a little bit of a tough honest review because the crew was so accommodating and was so nice but and that's a good sign we will see man i'm just you know it's just going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see how this works out it's going to be rough i'm just saying virgin voyages get your pr team ready and get your pivot shoes ready because i think you're going to have to make some major changes i think you're going to have to listen to what the market's telling you a lot like msc did the reviews on meravia and seaside despite the fact that that was overly impressive hardware the reviews were rough so uh i think virgin voyages i don't think you can go back on a lot of the plans you put in place right now for your grand opening for your first launch for your maiden voyage but i think you're gonna have to go into some damage control real soon this is me knowing nothing they haven't even done their first sailing yet but this is just a uh, prediction using whatever if you wanted to call it a cruise IQ that I have and the observations that I've made so far, I felt the same way. I was pumped about Virgin Voyages too, just like Emma was, because I just wanted to see something different. I wanted to see something different work, but I don't think they did it exactly right. We will see. All right, next up, we have a Cruise Critic article, and you guys know around here, we're very, very big on theme cruises. I love theme cruises. I like uh the fact that they really combine two things they combine something that you love that's land-based whether it's music whether it's comedy whether it's stock investments whatever whatever it is that you like you can combine that with something else that you have a strong passion for and that is cruising so uh cruise critic i want to give a shout out to the author here natalie pompillo she's a contributor and she said she has six takeaways from the 2020 ultimate disco cruise now a lot of you out there i don't know i'm not sure of the average median mean uh age range of the people who listen to this show are but yeah you got to go back a little while if we're talking about disco and let's do that right now so i'm going to read this article i'm going to stop intermittently and we're going to react to a few things that we're reading here uh pro tip begin training for 2021's ultimate disco cruise sooner rather than later approach it as a runner does a marathon gradually increasing the hours you spend dancing and staying awake until you're confident you can handle five non-stop nights of partying Okay, so I guess uh, Miss um, Natalie is telling us that she was not necessarily in the best shape to be able to handle this level of partying. Natalie, the crew, the crew that we cruise with probably wouldn't have that same issue. At the same time, we do appreciate the sentiment and thank you for the advice because that's what the 20, 2020 Ultimate Disco Cruise was. Music, live and recorded to uh turned every public area of celebrity infinity into a nightclub before the ship had set sail many of the 2000 passengers were sipping cocktails and loudly reuniting with friends they'd met on the inaugural 2019 trip even the musicians who'd taken part in last year's cruise were greeting passengers by name with hugs see that's that's what i'm talking about guys that's what it's all about the florida georgia line cruise uh i went on the second one and 
it was really cool to see the bond that people already had developed from the first one, uh, whether it was the artists, whether it was the people on staff, whether it was the people that showed up together. And, you know, the Facebook has really done wonders for how people can connect. And, you know, that's that's one of the best examples of it. Here are a few takeaways from our nostalgic sailing from Miami to Key West and then the Bahamas and back again. Here we go. Executives at Star Vista Live, the theme cruise company that organized and hosted this sailing, say the Ultimate Disco Cruise is the most diverse of its music cruise offerings in terms of age, race, country of origin. Uh, Still, the majority of passengers were 50 and up. Well, that makes sense, right? A populace that experienced this music when it was new. Quite a few mentioned having danced at New York Studio 54. On board the ship, they settled for Studio 55, the multi-tiered trellis restaurant turned disco that opened its doors at 11.30 p.m. So they turned, oh my gosh, they turned the main dining room into a disco, which is amazing. So what you hear in here is makes sense. So you're going to get a lot of the casuals. You know what I mean? I would go on this cruise in a heartbeat, and I would be looking forward to it. Now, having said that, I did not appear in the disco era. You know what I'm saying? I missed the disco. I'm an 80s guy. You know what I mean? My, 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 my young, I, w- I mean, I lived through it, but I was, you know, five years old. I was born in 1975. So disco was mostly late seventies, early eighties. By the time I was listening to music, that stuff was dying down a little bit as far as the mainstream. Now I still play a lot of that stuff when I DJ because a lot of those hits are just timeless. So I would absolutely love to go on this cruise, but you'd have people like me who were just kind of fans. And then you'd have the hardcores, the 55 and overs that actually lived through it. And you got to imagine what kind of passion they had. You guys ever see that movie, uh, 54, with um, Mike Myers and uh, Ryan Phillippe and a few other people? It's a good movie. It just kind of takes you back to Studio 54. It was a moment in time. You know what I mean? I really love those period pieces, whether it's stuff like that, stuff like Swingers, that kind of take you back into an era where you can almost feel like what it was like on the day-to-day. You know, everybody can read a book or read a documentary and read text on what people say it was like. It's cool when somebody who actually lived through it makes a piece of art, like a movie or whatever, that kind of puts you in the day-to-day of what it was like. Summer of Sam is another one, all, all that type of stuff. Alright, the youngest people we saw on board were in their late teens and traveling with family members. There were also 20s and 30-somethings passengers, a part of a younger generation newly discovering the disco sound. Speaking to that, I'll say we went on this last cruise on the Adventure of the Seas. You may have heard the last episode where we said it was an Elvis cruise, an Elvis tribute cruise, and that was a small faction. Well, a a good-sized faction, but I guess by a percentage standpoint, it was a smaller faction of the passengers were Elvis freaks, and some of them were Elvises themselves. And one of those Elvises who was one of the better up-and-coming Elvis tribute acts in the country, the kid was 22 years old. Out of control. So, yes, sometimes these things get handed down. When I was young, it was the same thing. Like, I was a poser. I'm not going to lie to you guys, you know. I was a poser. You know, all my friends were into classic rock. They were listening to Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton, uh, Pink Floyd. I got the I got the denim jackets. I got the patches. I forced myself to like a lot of the stuff. Now I look back. Now I listen to it. Now I appreciate it. I like it. You know what I mean? Little Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones. I love these bands. But back then, I was kind of like the Who. I did like the Who. 
I like some Stones, maybe a Zeppelin song or two, but for the most part, yeah, I was like, you know, yeah, this is cool because everybody else said it was cool. But, you know, so you're going to have that too. You know what I mean? You're going to have people who are on these things that just, you know, they're not married to it, but they have a peripheral love for it as well by association of the people that they're with. Uh, Still, this is not a cruise for kids. Teenagers are a stretch. There is no programming for them, and the ship's video arcade wasn't even operational. The ultimate disco cruise is a very social sailing with passengers meeting and hanging out for hours on end, so adding children who need care in early bedtimes would definitely hurt the experience. All right. So Natalie is pretty confident and pretty sta- uh she's she's holding to her story that you should just keep your kids off this cruise. Uh the musical guest lists are legit. This is the second Ultimate Disco Cruise and the lineup keeps getting better. New addition to this year's bills include the Commodores and the Jacksons. Wow, so they have the real guys on here. George McRae was another new host, although he went on the 2019 cruise as a passenger and enjoyed it so much that he took the stage for a performance of his biggest hit, Rock You Baby. So this guy had like a hit. He went on this thing as a passenger, and they gave him the mic one night, and now he's one of the featured acts. That's the American cruise dream, ladies and gentlemen, is it not? Returning artists in 2020 include The Tramps featuring Earl Young, Casey and the Sunshine Band, those uh, three will return for the 2021 sailing. Joining Peaches and Herb, Cool and the Gang, and Expose. Expose? That's an 80s band, right? Not even a band. Yeah, hold on. This They're talking about it. Yes, Expose had his biggest hits in the 80s after the disco boom, but Star Vista Live believes the group will fit right in and draw new passengers. Okay, see, that's the thing right there. So that's a little bit of a cheat right there. Okay. There was a moment in time, way, way back, when there was a thing called freestyle music. It was pretty ridiculous. You know what I mean? What, the, what they'll tell you, and what I think is the truth, is that freestyle gave birth to house music and EDM and that type of thing. Uh, freestyle was, was very, very popular in New York City. I heard it was popular in a couple of other markets, uh, like Cleveland, randomly enough. But uh, it was just this high pace fast paced dance music that was just like kind of like uh you know it was like like latin and italians mostly like that stuff not to be stereotypical but i loved it it was great i, I thought it was good some of the songs you know you have stevie b stacy q expose uh you know but it's kind of weird though you know what i mean i feel like if you're gonna have a theme though if, you, if your theme is disco keep it disco if it's gonna be 70s keep it 70s why are we introducing a different genre just because it's old and popular, right? You know, I don't know. Who knows? What are you going to say? But if it works out, it works out. Uh, also of note, music industry legends who aren't performing might be mingling in the crowds. In 2020, one of those legends was Clifton Davis, who sang the song Never Can Say Goodbye. Uh, it was a hit whose song, I'm sorry, he wrote the song. Never Can Say Goodbye, that was a hit for the Jackson 5 in 1971. The original members of ABBA, uh, Agatha Bjorn, Benny, and Annie Frid, 
didn't perform on the cruise, but we can honestly say they weren't missed thanks to the sound-alike doppelgangers from ABBA, the concert A tribute to ABBA. So, okay, so we had some tribute acts as well. The performers said they were from Sweden and spoke with slight accents, but they could have come from South Bend and it wouldn't have mattered. They nailed the dance moves, the harmonies, and the energy from the original band. Plus, watching young people perform songs that you first heard when you too were young just makes you feel good. The original members of ABBA now range from the ages of 69 to 74, and it's safe to say they probably couldn't work the stage as well as these musicians. Well, okay, you can maybe make that assumption. You can you maybe risk being called an ageist, Miss Natalie, by saying something like that. Because have you ever heard of a group called the Rolling Stones? Have you ever heard of Aerosmith? Have you ever heard of some of these people that are still out there touring today and some might argue are as good as ever? Well, probably not, but uh, other just as good as the Real Thing shows include Mighty Real, a fabulous Sylvester musical, and Bad Girls, the Donna Summer tribute starring Donna Summer lookalike and soundalike, Ranieri Martin. Ho-oh. Did I see her in the Bahama Paradise? Oh, no, that wasn't Donna Summer. That was Tina Turner. Uh, Every night was a chance to dress up on the ultimate disco cruise. Wigs, mutton chops, mustaches abounded, as did bell-bottoms, peasant blouses, and platform shoes. There were brightly printed mini dresses, tie-dyed t-shirts, and more. White suits, more than you could imagine. While generic 70s apparel was appropriate on any night, each evening had its own specific theme, uh, including Saturday Night Fever, Be My Valentine, and 70s TV and movie stars. One group of friends came as the cast of Gilligan's Island, another as the original Star Wars uh, characters. Uh, Sightseeing on shore often loses out to singing on stage. The Ultimate Disco Cruise spent one day docked in Key West and another docked in Nassau, Bahamas, and the cruise line provided excursion information. But half the passengers stayed on board the ship, stepping on land again only at the cruise's end. Same, uh, some stayed for the onboard programming, which began at 10 a.m. each day and included morning trivia and other games, along with Q&A sessions with the musicians, dance lessons with Dance Fever host Danny Terrio, and afternoon concerts. So Danny Terrio, remember Danny Terrio? I first heard about him from Eddie Murphy's comedy special. I think it was Raw or was it Delirious? Danny Terrio uh, was actually there. That's a legendary name in the disco game. Uh, Afternoon concerts on the pool deck. See, those are the best, guys. I'm telling you right now, if you can get yourself on a theme cruise, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you've been on a theme cruise, I want to hear about it. If you plan on or want to go on a theme cruise, let me know. I'll help you get on one. Uh, it's just on the pool deck when you wake up, and, you know, we all love the bands, the reggae bands, the Latin bands, the house bands. And when they're on the pool deck, it's nice. It's nice background music. But there's nothing like when they do a full setup, an arena-style setup, and there's a giant stage, and it's just a total concert atmosphere, except you're on a damn cruise ship. It doesn't get any better than that. Um, passengers create onboard neighbors and book their next cruise before they even disembark. So that means there's a heavy sales pitch trying to pitch you towards that next, uh, you know, disco cruise. Uh, Did you book your cabin for next year yet? 
That was the question heard most often on the last few days of the cruise. Uh, those who put in a $100 deposit down while on board could reserve the same cabin on the same deck as they'd enjoyed this year, and in some cases last year. Communities have been formed on board with strangers becoming quasi-family who see the cruise as their annual reunion. Even if you missed the 2020 Ultimate Disco Cruise, it's not too late to become one of the gang and sign up for next year's sailing, taking place February 22nd to 27th, 2021. Again, on Celebrity Infinity, per-person costs range from $1,350 to $6,300. Ouch. Uh, With payment plans available. Well, they better be. Uh, Booking information can be found on the Ultimate Disco Cruise website. So I guess that's just a search thing called the ultimate disco cruise sounds like an absolute blast sounds like a lot of fun i am not you know listen disco is not my go-to type of music i do like it and just because of its energy it's fun it's got a contagious energy to it and because i just like being on a cruise when it's like-minded people you know enjoying it It looks like elvis elvis wasn't my main thing either but it was cool to see all the cabin doors decorated. It's cool to see all the people singing and uh, impersonating their favorite artist and the energy that was around it. And I'm going to tell you, man, these people were talented. So I'm guessing it's the same thing for whether it's a original artist that you see plenty of or a really young, talented tribute act that nails it. And yeah, maybe in some cases better than the, you know, possibly aged artists who knows uh they also probably have djs you know what i mean it's probably just music all around a party all around i mean i was just just the the fomo that you get by not participating it's just that's the big down the country cruise that was the biggest issue trying to realize which stage to go to because there was just music in every inch of the ship live music and you didn't want to miss any of it but you had to because it was going on in different places But that's what it's all about. Enjoying yourself at sea. Like-minded people. Guys, sixthman.com. You know, what was this? This is uh, Ultimate Disco Cruise. But the company was... Let's look that up again. Star Vista Live. That's the name of the company that hosts these theme cruises. I'm sure they do others as well. So check them out. Star Vista Live. Sixthman.net. Whoever else is out there, definitely check them out. They do a great job with... You know, what they like to call festivals, music festivals at sea. All right, here we go right now. The next segment up is going to be a gentleman named Craig, and he's from a website called You Are Comped. We all like to gamble uh, at sea, whether it's, I shouldn't say we all. Some of us like to gamble at sea, whether it's a couple of slot machines, a little roulette, or blackjack or poker, maybe even craps. If you gamble enough, you're going to get free cruises. You're going to get certain rewards if you're a real player. Now, have you have any curiosity as to what it takes to get those rewards? Well, a company called Comped came about because of the fact that these cruise ships. Well, I'm going to let I'm going to let Craig tell you the story. He gives a good job describing the uh, he does a good job describing the origin of his company. So we'll uh, we'll just play the interview now. Here is my chat with Craig from Comped. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. And on the line with us right now is a gentleman named Craig from You Are Comped. Welcome to the show, Craig. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So You Are Comped is, I guess I'm just going to intro and you let you roll with it because uh, obviously you could do a better job of explaining it to me. But basically it's a casino uh, partnership loyalty program that rewards, uh, I guess, people who like to play, right? 
Yeah, I think that's a, a, a good high-level description of it. I mean, I like to say, actually, I don't, I'm just starting to say it now. We'll see if it works. You tell me. But it's kind of like a mix of Expedia and Experian in the sense that what we do, players sign up on our site. And then the Experian part of it is we qualify them and we figure out what level of player they are. And we do that just by asking a couple questions and then having them upload a picture of the offers they already receive from either cruise lines or maybe land-based casinos in Vegas or their local Atlantic City, wherever. Uh, we use that, and then based on the offers we see, the answers we get, we're able to project a value of like how much that, that player would probably gamble per trip. And then we partner with Royal Caribbean, MSC Cruise Line, Celebrity, Crystal, uh, Bahamas Paradise, Virgin Voyages now, and uh, we are able to offer our players amazing deals, either comp to discounted on all these on all these cruise lines. Um, because the cruise lines want to have players on board. Uh, they tend to sail for free, but the casinos or the cruise lines hope that they'll make up the money they could have gotten from selling that cabin with uh, you know with the play in the casino. So that's what we do. Totally makes sense. So I want to. I meant to say this at the beginning, but I'm going to say it now. This is in no way, and Craig can vouch for this. This is no way an advertisement. This is an inf- is not an infomercial. Um, I, I, this was recommended to me by a gentleman named Matt, who does. Uh, you know, he's he's one of your clients, and he definitely had rave reviews about you guys. And you know, I, I'll say this: like, I'm not here to say you know it's a home run. You know what? If you gambled ten dollars on roulette, obviously you're going to be getting a free Crystal Cruise. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, we're not. We're not up here <laughs> saying that. But Matt had a very very good experience. I would say. Uh, w- it's kind of like a little bit of a gray area. Like you can, it, it's going to depend upon your play, but it's probably also going to depend on what is available, and you kind of want to get that, I guess, that sweet spot, right? Yeah, that's that's totally accurate. And what's <clears throat> interesting, I mean, I came from the casino business. I started with uh, Harris and Lake Tahoe, and then I was a host on a ship on NCL. I think I was the only American ever actually finish a contract on board, um, in the, in the casino at least. Uh, but anyway, what was, what's interesting about the cruise business is a lot of times, let's say a new ship comes out and they want to maximize revenue and they're putting it out. Hey, balcony cabin for this cruise is $6,000 or something crazy. And a lot of people buy it cause they want to be on that brand new ship. But a lot of other people wait to see like, Hey, you know, the price is going to come down eventually. So the, the cruise line, they sell them and they wait. They're they're hoping and praying that they fill these cabins with people that buy, you know, pay six or seven thousand dollars. But as they get closer, they realize, you know what? There's no chance we're gonna we're gonna fill up all these cabins. And then, uh, so what happens? They don't want to drop the price. They may they may layer on a hey, free drink package if you buy, or they may layer on a couple things. But they don't want to drop the price too much because then the people that paid the original price are gonna get pissed off. And so what they do is they'll go to the casino department and they'll say, hey, look, we've got a lot of cabins. Please fill them with players. And that way they're able to fill the cabins without publishing much lower prices, which could create a, you know, just a S show. And so um, you can see so you can see you can say shit if you want. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so. So that is kind of what, you know, leading into what you were talking about, the gray area, is that, um, you know, if somebody is a player that's bringing $50,000 to gamble with every cruise, like, we can get them on any cruise they want, right? But 
for the players that you know aren't necessarily super high rollers, we can get them on pretty amazing ships that they are surprised they're getting an offer for because a lot of times as we get closer to the sale date the the cruise lines just want to fill cabins and the best way for them to do it is through the casino department that that's amazing because i i don't know if you've heard of uh doug parker with cruise radio um he he's just a, you know he i would i had him on last week and we were talking about virgin voyages and we were talking about um kind of getting I, what you just said was the exact kind of guesswork that I did. I was wondering, like, you know, because you can't drop the prices. And when you talk about gambling, that has to be the ultimate gamble. You build these build these half a billion or, or billion-dollar cruise ships, and you just – I guess you kind of – it's a, if you build it, they will come type of thing. And you just got to basically hope that they fill, right, aside from stuff that you do. You're 100% right. Yeah, you're, you're really taking a shot in the dark. And I mean, there's so many moving parts because there are these, like you said, these are billion dollar ships, multi-billion dollar ships. And you don't know. And there's so many different competitors that, you know, right now um, it may make sense. All right, well, we're going to build the ship and we're going to move it to Alaska. But then if two of the other cruise lines are like have the same idea, all of a sudden the Alaska market is flooded and you can't get the premium that you thought you would. And when Virgin actually built their ship um, or started, started building the ship, they were thinking, all right, this is going to be a slam dunk. That Havana market is hot. There's going to be a lot of people that want to go to Havana, Cuba. We're going to just run four and five night cruises and go to Havana. And then, you know, obviously that shut down. So then they kind of scrambled and um, Bimini may have already been in the works, but, you know, that got fast tracked to open, you know, the private island on Bimini. But it is just a fascinating, fascinating business because there's these giant billion dollar hotels that they can move around and there's all these competitive players and markets get saturated and unsaturated and what do we price it at and we can't drop the price because then the people are going to complain to the travel agents and the travel agents are going to get pissed at us so anyway it's it is fascinating i love working in this business and the casino part is just uh, it is an interesting element because that's how a lot of these cruise lines can fill inventory without publishing uh prices being dropped and what you just said is a real thing because even the cruise lines will get into that game and they you know sometimes they'll use a third party like you and i think sometimes they'll try to do it on their own they'll reach into their i guess their rolodex of uh quote-unquote players and they will offer 50 dollars cruises on and you see that you see all hell break loose in these facebook groups when you know people who booked early because they're always telling you book early book early for the best rates and people booked early and they paid 2500 3500 for a four-day cruise out of tampa and all of a sudden here we come last minute i just booked this casino rate 50 bucks that sends people up in arms (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, it drives them crazy. But then at the same time, if they want to get on that cruise for sure, it is a good idea to book early because sometimes cruises are hot and the price does go up and they made the right choice. So it is a gamble. Right. So going back to Virgin, and they, to me, they made the ultimate gamble because we talked about the whole if you build it, they will come mentality. Now, if you're Carnival Cruise Lines or, or Celebrity Cruise Lines, you kind of know you're going to fill your new ships. You know what I mean? You kind of know that that's going to happen. Now, not only is Virgin Voyages building these billion-dollar ships and not knowing just because, you know what, are people going to, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of mentality. And then also, they painted themselves into the 18 and over only corner. I mean, they got, they're crazy. They, that, that's, I mean, that's some cowboy stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. It is. I mean, it's bold. 
But if anybody can pull it off, it's Branson. I mean, that guy's got – Virgin is a strong brand. I can't think of anybody else that could uh, make that move. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see how it plays yeah. out. All right, so if we could back up just a little bit. So you are comp. We got a little bit about your background, obviously, uh, you know, at sea and in the casinos. What is – um. What's the history of UR Comp? When did they get started and did they jump right into this exact business model or did they start off as something else? Is there a, is there a unique story behind the uh, genesis of UR Comp? Yeah, so uh, the idea from UR Comp came when I was working as the host on the cruise ship and I would see, I would get a list of VIP players that were sailing for free. And maybe it was 15, maybe it was 30 people on a, on a given cruise. And I'd always greet them and, hey, you know, you're having a good time just being a host. But what was interesting is every cruise there'd be just as many people that paid full price for their cruise that were gambling as much or more than the VIPs. And so I was thinking, man, there's got to be there's – there's a market opportunity there. I mean, you, you know, you've started your business. You saw a market opportunity. And so I, I was on the ship, like, man, there's got to be something here where players could pre-qualify themselves to get free cruises. The problem in the casino business is that these casinos don't share information about their players. That's why at the beginning I said we're kind of like Expedia mixed with Experian because uh, there's nothing in the casino industry that, like, I can, as a player, show up at any casino and be like, yeah, just look at my credit score. Look at my, look at my, uh, you know, my gambling score. And then I'll they'll offer a comp up front. Um, like you could when you want to go buy a car, they can look at your credit score and you know give you a loan or not. So um, there's nothing like that in the casino business. So the key was, all right, how are we going to unlock these player databases and let players qualify themselves to get new offers? And thankfully, my job before I was a, a host on the cruise ship was in database marketing with Harrah's, where I was in the department that was sending out all the offers, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands mailers to players that may be a $5 off the buffet up to, I remember seeing mail pieces go out for $30,000 just to show up and gamble. So, uh, and obviously like the bigger the player, the bigger the offer was. So kind of light bulb moment was, all right, if we know what offers players are receiving, we can back up kind of one column over in an Excel spreadsheet and just picture like, oh, okay, if we know their offer, we'll know, or we can at least guess what they're worth. And so that was the idea. But that idea came in 2008 when the, you know, economy was crashing. And I don't know anything about, (laughs) I don't know anything about coding. My dream was I'm going to get off the ship and be Mark Zuckerberg or something and raise a ton of money and, and uh, do the VC thing. But you know, that wasn't an an option. So, um, I just kind of sat on the idea for a while and then thankfully, gosh, I guess it was 2014, I was introduced to my business partner, Kale, who's just a brilliant developer and programmer and pitched him on the idea and he's like, yeah, you know what? I like it. Let's do it. So we uh, we started on the side and what was funny is you know, I, I was kind of the sales marketing guy, so I'm calling casinos. I'm like, hey, come on, you know, give us some offers. We're going to send you players. And they're like, all right, cool. Well, how many players do you have? I'm like well, I don't have players yet, dude. I need you to give me <laughs> offers. And they're like, click. So uh, so our first product, what Kale made, was kind of like a, a Twitter or Instagram kind of thing. I mean, it's not nearly as polished as Instagram or Twitter, but it was something where slot players could post jackpots. Because my mom was always texting me photos of her hitting her penny slots and all that stuff. She's like, hey, look what I did. I'm like, oh, great, mom. But I realized that a lot of these players 
take photos when they hit something and they don't want to put it on Facebook in case their pastor, their creditor or somebody sees them gambling. So um, they just they kind of they have these photos. They have nowhere to share them. So we made this little Twitter thing. And then we I called casinos again. I'm like, yeah, we got a thousand players. And then finally we got I think it was the downtown grand in Las Vegas to be like, OK, whatever, you can send us players. And then that turned into like, all right, you know, I'm calling bigger and bigger casinos and just saying, like, look, downtown grand's taking a chance. And, you know, and then it went to Tropicana and then eventually we signed a deal with Caesars. And, you know, grand, we weren't sending a lot of business, but at least we had big names behind us and then we can market to players and it kind of snowballed. And then eventually, but really the the business through 2017, we were just kind of scraping by. It was just Kale and I and it was a lot of work and we weren't really making a lot of money. And then MSC Cruise Lines came over to the the U.S. And, uh, you know, the one thing that was kind of stymieing our growth was that a lot of casinos weren't willing to take a chance on our business model. We'd say, hey, look, at, we can up, you know, players are sending us their offers. Please give them a comp. They're like, look, I get it, but you still need to figure out what exactly their play was. So call the casino that they say they play at. My God, ugh. you know, was, everything was grinding to halt. But MSC, uh, you know, thank God they um, they were willing to take a chance because they have these big ships in the U.S. and they just needed to fill them. They needed players. So I'd, we pitched them the idea and they said, sure, let's do it. We took a chance. And uh, so we were able to send them some business. And then it was in, you know, we got in one of these big kind of cruising gambling Facebook groups. And all of a sudden we had like 100 signups overnight. And then we were sending more business to MSC. And then we were able to parlay that in the Royal Caribbean and Celebrity and all the other cruise lines. And now we're the number one by volume, number one booking channel for or casino booking channel for for MSC, for Royal, for Celebrity, um, Virgin now. So it's really taken off, but it was like kind of a long slog. And then 2017 is when we got into cruises and it it took off. What a statement towards persistency, right? I mean, what? Let me ask you this: What? So you the idea or? I guess the the whole genesis was maybe like 2000, 2000, 2007, 2008. Was there a time when you realized, okay, we 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 got something? We actually was there a turn? Was there a turning point? A tipping point? Yeah, it was really it was really when the in 2017, when a little bit after we started with MSC, it was you know there was signs of life because before that it was just grinding you know trying to book people in vegas and then on you know i get a call on the weekend you know on a saturday it's like hey, craig my bottle didn't show up right and i'm just sitting here like burning weekends trying you know like i'm like what am i doing there's easier ways to make money like uh, you know wow. but we but yeah 2017 we started working the msc we saw a little bit of signs of life and then it was just kind of somebody posted in a facebook group and and it I specifically is a carnival carnival casino players group and then we got a bunch of signups overnight. We were able to book them. I and mean, we almost screwed that up because it was like, holy crap, what do we do with all these players? And, um, but we got some help really quick. We didn't screw it up too bad to kill our brand, but we, we booked a few people and then we were able to parlay that. But man, it was, there were some dark times where I, I was seriously like looking at my savings account, dropping the nothing. My wife's like, <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? And I'm like, <laughs> Trust, trust me, it's gonna work. And then, uh, yeah, really, it was that 2017 was where it, um, you know, it took off. So you're talking about almost now. I'm sure you had your little victories over the course of those 10 years that kind of kept you moving on. It wasn't a complete, but you're talking about basically 10 years for for that dream to realize being, you know, taking off. Um, 
All right, so that's an amazing story, and what a, I mean, it's almost like an American dream type of story where you just kind of like just keep battling, start up, and you guys continue to persist, and you hear that, you know what I mean? Persistence overcomes everything. It sounds like that's what happened. So now I have you on the phone, and I do not mean to paint you in the corner, but it really has become obvious to me from talking to you that you are the guy to talk to, and this is the question that everybody wants to know. You want loyalty um, I guess leverage. You want to get free cruises. You want to get all the perks. Can you give us? And don't worry, nobody's listening. You don't have to. We won't tell <laughs> anybody. Can you tell us what we have to do with these tables to get these perks? Like, what are, what are you guys looking for, or what are what are uh, casinos looking for most for players to be able to get perks? Good question. So they slots are going to be easier to earn points. Okay. So there's a but tables. They like table players as well. So there's a term called theoretical value, okay? There's, and what cruise lines look at is a player's average actual and then their average theoretical, okay? So average actual is like over the course of your numerous trips, on average, how much are you leaving behind in the casino in actual dollars, okay? Uh, and then theoretical is all right, based on the odds of the game you're playing and your average bet and how long you're playing for theoretically, how much should you have left behind? How much should the casino have won? Because they know in the long run it's going to average out. Because it's a casino. All right. Can, I ahead. just want to stop you for one second. So you're saying left behind. I had a theory, and everybody has their own theory. Everybody thinks they know. Uh, I was told that they don't want the losers. Like They want the winners. The winners are going to come back, and they're the ones. So when you say left behind, I, I think you lost money. You know what I mean? So I think I'm thinking we lost money. Now – is it is that theor- theoretical? I mean, actual left behind. Is that considered? What if what if you gambled, you played, and you won ten grand? Like that's not leaving money behind. Yeah, no, and you're right, and so that's why they look at two things. Okay, so there's the average actual, which is how much did the casino win, and then the average theoretical, which is based on how much you played, how much should the casino have won? Okay, so okay, but, so that's where if you're a you know, somebody wins, then the theoretical is really what comes into play. Because a lot of times, you're on a hot streak. Your your average bet's going up. Uh, or if you're a slot player, you're you know you're you're maxing out the bet. You're playing longer hours, and so if you're winning, your theoretical should go up, and then you're getting a free trip based on that theoretical value. And then, but if a player uh, lost a lot but didn't put in the hours, so their theoretical is low, then they could get a free trip based on that actual loss. And so. For numbers-wise, I mean, I think like having a bankroll of about $3,000 is kind of where people, cruise lines, will start giving away a, um, free cabins, free inside cabins. And again, this is all supply and demand, okay? Because a lot of times when it, we get close and they've got a lot of rooms to fill up, they'll, they'll drop it to, you know, practically anybody with a pulse can get a, a free cruise if they have some play history in the casino. But I'd say just in general about a $3,000 bankroll, which is like your budget for, you know, I, I'm comfortable losing up to 3000 for, and that will usually get a, a inside cabin. And what the, for average bet, they look at, the students want to see like one to 2% of bankroll um, being bet. So that'd be like 30 to $60. And so if somebody's consistently putting in three to four hours um, a day on average, is what the cruise lines you know what casinos look for three to four um across the trip at a 
you know, one to two percent of bankroll, that should be um, start getting inside cabin offers. And then on the slot side, it would be um, maybe this is like a seven day cruise. I'm just going to throw out a number like 40,000 coin in. Okay. And so that's like, let's say you're betting five dollars a spin, that's high. But every time you bet five dollars, that's coin in. So that once five, 10, 15, 20. Now you may lose three bucks, you may win five bucks, you may, you know, it goes up and down. So you can definitely get a lot of coin in without losing all that money because you'll, you'll win a little bit. It looks like a little stock chart where it's just going up and down. Um, so I think those are just kind of rough estimates to give you your 40,000, 40, 40,000. Yeah. Let me think. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, that would, that should get you an ocean view, maybe even a balcony okay. certificate. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's good information. So it's not like there's no like thing where you know you hear people say, "Listen, it's not about how much you bet; it's how long you sit there." Or it's not about you know your 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 um regular bets; it's about your maximum bets. They have people have all sorts of theories. At the end of the day, it sounds like it comes down to what your bankroll is and what you're playing per hand, and then those numbers that you said in the beginning. Your your um what was it the um the average bet. average no the uh, the first the first one what was it the uh takeaway what you took away oh the actual yeah the actual and the cruise lines they're not i mean when we send a new player to a cruise line they want to know the bankroll mm-hmm. um but the cruise lines don't necessarily know on all the trips what your bankroll is but what they'll see is like uh they want to see some consistency on either theoretical or actual so if on one trip your theoretical like your average bet and time played is low they want to see like oh well it's because they lost $3,000 or if you win 5,000, so they, the casino didn't make any money, but you played a lot and you had a high average bet, then they're like, okay, well, you know, hopefully we make it back next time. So they want to, those are the two numbers they look at actual and theoretical. And we've got a YouTube channel. We got like five subscribers or something, but <laughs> we've got a, we, we've made some videos where we kind of explain actual and theoretical. So you can find us on YouTube. And if you want to dive more in depth into that, and what's that? You you are comped on YouTube. Just find that. Yeah, just find you are comped on YouTube, and we got some videos on theoretical and uh, cruise offers, things like that. Okay, and then if I could just let's just let's just go integrity, full disclosure here. What I will say is this, and just because you fill out your profile and just because you submit your some of the offers that you have, you know, I don't want to I don't want to confuse people. You're not going to be guaranteed to get every single offer that's out there. The process is it goes through a re- review with the casino on board, right? Yeah, that's right. So they give us a framework that we have to follow. And so, uh, and then if for a new player, it would be based on what, you know, the information you provide us, but also the offers that are being uploaded. So if somebody uh, is uploading, they're getting free, you know, comp suite offers from Norwegian Cruise Lines. Uh, they sign up, they upload those. We're able to show Royal Caribbean, hey, it's a comp suite player at NCL, and then Royal would make a comparable offer. So it, a lot of it is based on the offers that are that are uploaded. And so, yeah, and to your point, um, and to what we talked about earlier, so yeah, based on the offers, like if you upload comp suites and you're bringing 20 grand a trip, there's gonna be you know, thousands of sailings. But for you know, players that maybe don't gamble at that level, right now in particular, we've got a lot of kind of short notice sailings that are coming up because of what we talked about where you know, there's a lot of inventory, coronavirus may be part of it, you know, the, the fears uh, about it, but there's a lot of, a lot of good offers coming up in the next couple months. 
and that's what I'll have to vouch for is the fact that you know what I'm you know you go on there and like I said Matt's experience was and I'll say this you know Matt is is a self-admitted not a not a whale he he goes in and he he gambles sometimes more aggressively than others but you know it was it could be timing it could be you know what's not selling what's hot what other like you said external influences to the market that could be out there and the guy got an 11 day uh mediterranean cruise out of it uh, on the um on the brand new celebrity edge so again you don't want to go you say maybe results aren't typical but i will say this if you do play in the casino at all and if you do play anywhere whatever you have cruise card i mean i'm sorry um you know loyalty cards offers anything you put it in there you're going to get in the in the stun and yeah like you said at the very least some you probably get a last minute, some sort of a cruise ship that's not selling. So what I'm saying, it's completely worth it. You know what I mean? Don't don't get starry eyed when you see all the you know go, jump on this celebrity apex ten night sailing. If you're not, if your play isn't there, you're not going to get it. But you know you, there is going to be something out there for you, likely. And if not, and that was going to be my next question. So it starts out like if if you're just getting on board with this and you're a new player, they're going to go on past uh i guess offers that you've gotten from other cruise lines now you're telling me that there's a transition once you guys get an idea of i guess who your guests are does it go from your coupons to your actual play within the cruise lines that you're sailing exactly tommy yep that's it so we get we get paid based on the theoreticals we're not a travel agent in the sense that you know if we're if somebody wants to upgrade we're not getting any commission on the upgrade or you know paying for extra guests or anything like that. We get our commission is just based on um, bringing players in the casino and then just you know how long they're playing for, their average bet, and all that. So um, so we get a report at the end of the trip. It's usually about a month later. Uh, we get a report from the cruise line about you know all the players we sent and just average bet, time played, and then based on that the off you know our system updates and then the offer is going to be based on that actual play so the first trip is based on the offers people upload and we you know we've got an algorithm we make a projection based on the offers but then after that first trip it's based on actual play all right that makes perfect sense now you've given us a good amount of time here craig so i'm going to let you go but before that one more question since this is a cruising channel a cruising podcast uh you did spend and that was going to be a question i wasn't sure if you were just a gambling guy or you actually you know put in your time and you got your uh your at sea street cred if you will you have lived on board ships right yes sir so what is so what do you think about like if you could just give us a maybe a a little resume what ships you've been on and what do you think of uh ship life in general so i worked on the norwegian jewel i was a casino host and it is i mean it's a different world so it was a lot of fun I wish, like my one regret, I mean, it's kind of a bizarro world, right? Especially for an American where I grew up, I grew up in Northern California and I just, you know, grew up a, a certain way with friends. We talked about football and whatever, you know, we just, I, I was raised a certain way. And then as a 23 year old, I think it was, um, I go and work on a cruise ship where I'm literally like one of maybe three Americans on board. And there's a lot of just kind of weird things that happen under the deck that I wanted to be like, man, did you see that? How weird was that? I had no one to talk to. So, but what's amazing about it is like you wake up somewhere new every day, right? I'm, I'm getting paid. It's funny. You get paid like a drug dealer. At least it used to be. I'd get an envelope full of cash every month. And, um, <laughs> so that's kind of weird, but great. Get up, 
Yeah, I know. You get off. But, you know, one thing I didn't know, though, is Uncle Sam still knows what you're making. So I thought, oh, great, it's cash. I'm working overseas. Like, I don't need to report this. And, um, you know, being a dumb 23-year-old, and I got a bill from the IRS for like two grand, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is not exciting. Yeah. So uh, uh, what is fun? Yeah, I mean, one one random story was I was working – again in the in the casino and i love indian food that's like my uh my weak spot and there's this girl that was in charge of it's kind of the equivalent of next cruise on royal caribbean i can't remember what they call it on ncl but where they're trying to sell you on the next cruise while you're on board future cruise something like that yeah i got you yeah future cruise and so she was from india i'm like hey you know what's what's some good indian food she's like craig you know there's a secret indian dinner that goes on uh, on the ship. I'm like, you got to get me into this Indian dinner. And she's like, well, let me work on it. And then, you know, every time I'd see her, I'm like, Hey, get me in that dinner yet. She's like, Craig, hey, I'm working on, I'm talking to the people. And then, um, like three months into my cruise, I'm working in the casino. It's like midnight. It's one of the last days. So people had a lot of questions for the host. I got this line of people in front of me. It's midnight. My phone rings. I had one of these ship cell phones and it's a number I don't recognize. And I pick it up. It's like, hello, is this Craig? I'm like, Yes, yes, this is Craig. I hear you like Indian food. I'm like, I love Indian food. He's like, come down to the crew cafeteria in five minutes. We'll be in the corner. I'm like, oh, this is my chance. So I like put up the clothes sign. All these people are like, where the hell are you going? I'm like, I gotta go, I'll be back. So I, uh, I run, down the, run down this hallway and I duck down and then you know, go in the, the crew cafeteria. I find, I see in the corner, there's some people huddled around. And then uh, you know, I'm walking up in a suit and you know, I could tell they get all nervous. Like, are oh, we busted? And then, um, it's about 10 Indian guys around like kind of a picnic style uh, table and benches. And then one of them's like, Craig, I'm like, it's me. And they're like, Hey, and then they pull out this big pot of Indian food, set it on the table. And then we had a feast and it became like a, a weekly tradition where I get this random call and I just duck out of the casino. And there's, it was, so it was just so fun. There's a lot of like, just kind of little random things. These guys were like stealing spices and making Indian food. And, um, but it was an experience I'll never forget. I'm glad I did it, but, I didn't renew my contract. If that tells you anything, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't life I wanted. Right. You know, I wasn't gonna do it forever, but I'm glad I did it. I have an Indian friend named Sony, and she cruise. We cruise together sometimes, and she she's Indian guys. I guess she can say it. She's like she's. Whenever we would hang out and eat, we talk about what we were gonna eat, and she's like, "Do you want to get hot butt?" And that was Indian food. She said it. Hot butt. She called it hot butt. <laughs> you want to get you want to grab some hot butt? <laughs> what um so what let me ask you this were you were you uh were you married when you were sailing no it's funny i met my now wife about three weeks before i set sail so i signed my contract i was about to go we met and um and then i was like man you're amazing but i'm leaving and you know thank god skype had been invented by then so we were able to stay in touch on skype and she visited me a couple times when i was on the ship and then got off and um Picked where we picked up where we left off, and now we've been married for ten years. We got three young, three young boys, and um, yeah, that's <laughs> the rest amazing. Of that's amazing. I'll let you go, but that, I mean, just let me answer me this: like, we, so just indirectly, um, was there a, a you were a taken man by then? So we know, but it seems like there's always like a lot of fun to be had though in that regard on cruise ships. Is that accurate to to, to assume or no? You know what? I think it is. If you um, well, want, yes. If you want yes. to dabble remember, in that route, yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of beautiful people. I remember the cruise director, he was a guy from Canada, and it was like he had a harem. I remember going to the casino bar and I'd always be him with like six <laughs> Filipino girls under each arm. I'm like, wow, all right. Um, 
but yeah, so I think I think what you said is is accurate. Yeah. Craig, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, and just youarecomped.com. That's pretty much anything people need to know, right? What else is there? What else should the uh, Always Be Booked listeners know about You Are Comped? No, I think that's it. And if you've got crew, you know, just have your cruise offers ready. If you get them from Carnival or NCL or wherever, um, all you have to do is snap a picture of that. we got a real friendly team here that will uh, – Try to make it as smooth as possible, and we'd love to take care of you. I have to give a shout-out to Elise. She's uh, She's been sending me texts, and it's just very, very – it's never – in a world where it's just so hard to get people on the phone, to get good customer service, it's like right right away. The response is great, and it's worth mentioning also it's you are the letter U, the letter R, comped. So you are comped.com. Definitely check it out. Craig, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Hey, thank you, Tommy. It was great meeting you. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. Your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, or just want to chat about cruising, if something's come to your mind, like the first email we have, uh, people, uh, people, you never know when you're driving around or you're hanging out, or you're doing some mundane activity, you're mowing the lawn, and a cruise topic pops into your head, and you wonder why. Like I said, why can't you jump off the side of a cruise ship? Or, um, you know, any other question you might have, or any topic of discussion that you may want to bring up, email me, tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We will read it on the air. All right, here we go. Tommy, I had a shower thought this morning, and I thought I would email you to get your personal opinion. Maybe you have touched on the subject before, but here we go anyway. Why do cruise lines, more so the parent companies, example of Carnival Cruise Corp, uh, do not do a company would not do a company-wide loyalty program instead of ones based on the separate cruise lines? I'm taking uh, I'm talking the same way it is done in Las Vegas, where I have an MGM card. And that card builds loyalty points at any MGM property and gives me rewards and discounts to all of those properties as well. I feel that the cruise industry could really benefit from this. I will keep the example with Carnival Corp because they have a lot of separate cruise lines. For example, if I wanted to take a cruise in Europe, I would much be more inclined to cruise with AIDA or P&O cruises who both are, are getting ships very similar to Mardi Gras in the next two years because it would help build my Carnival Corp loyalty status, which would benefit me back in the U.S. as well. 
Without this company-wide loyalty program, I have no re- I have no reason to push towards choosing them and may go with a different line. Also, if I wanted to try out a more luxurious experience in a Caribbean cruise, a company-wide loyalty program would push me to Princess because I know it will help advance my loyalty status. As it stands now, I am just inclined to go on Royal Caribbean or Celebrity instead. I know these companies rely on loyal cruisers who continue to use their product. I would think that a company-wide loyalty program that covers all brands in the company would promote more loyalty and help people ret- help pe- keep people returning and spending their money that ultimately ends up at Carnival Corp. I know that personally this would push me to stick with the sister brands of whichever big three cruise corporation I preferred. Curious on your thoughts. Now, you say uh, this is uh, uh, Boat Drinks Cody. Cody, you say you do Royal Caribbean and Celebrity. If I'm not mistaken, Royal Caribbean and Celebrity do match with each other i believe i could be completely wrong on that i will find that information out but i am under the impression that you know your crown and anchor uh does work with celebrity as well you do get the benefits of the loyalty on that maybe not uh well yeah no I i think you do now as far as why carnival doesn't I guess it's because Carnival feels like they're in a position, and this is me just guessing here, and you ask my opinion, and that's all it really is. A, I think while Carnival Corporation is the parent corporation, I think when it when it, when it's advantageous to them, I think they want to keep it so that these are separately, independently run companies. They don't even have the same website. I can tell you from a travel agent standpoint, when I go to book Azamara, celebrity or royal caribbean it's the same website same program no problem i could even talk to the same i guess uh you know uh, representative over the phone and they could help me across the whole corporation carnival is completely different i guess maybe the fact that carnival does have a lot more cruise lines maybe that's why they feel like they have a little bit more leverage to not offer it it's the same situation on land right when you have the drink package Royal Caribbean and Norwegian, uh, they they allow you to drink and use the beverage package on their islands. They honor it. They don't do that on the carnivals. And I think Carnival just feels like they have a little bit more leverage based on how many brands they have. You know, if Carnival Cruise Line has 27 ships or 28 ships, whatever they're up to now, and they control, let's just say, 38% of the mass market cruise lines, Maybe giving loyalty to all those brands, that might be a lot more value than Norwegian and their six different brands. Or, you know, uh, uh, or same thing with Royal Caribbean. You know, they only have like three majors that they put out there. I think they do own a couple more, but it's across the, for the real brunt of their business, it's Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, and Azamara. So, you know, maybe Carnival, it's just, it's just a lot more. You know what I mean? You get, you have, you're, princess you have adia you have costa you have uh holland america you have cunard you have carnival all these are carnival brand ships and there's so many more too so the loyalty would be really really easy to accumulate i guess that would be my first answer i'm not sure other than the fact that i do know that they like to keep the perception to the public as these are separate cruise lines even though they are owned by carnival royal caribbean they're much more inclined to you know be a little bit more of a family across brands 
All right. Hi, Tommy. Can you let me know when the 2021 group cruise is, uh, will be posted? My wife and I followed the first group cruise on Facebook. It reminded me of me when I used to cruise in spring break and group cruises for the University of Pittsburgh. I ran six successful group cruises on Norwegian Spirit, Norwegian Sun, Norwegian Dawn, Norwegian Star, Norwegian Epic, and Celebrity Solstice. This was back when you needed a group size of over 20 people to get drink packet to get a drink package with Norwegian before the advent of the traditional free drink packages. I missed that nostalgia of a group cruise, so I am looking forward to joining a Pirates and Pier Runners cruise. We have a baby due any day now. Wow, congratulations. So our 2020 is kind of shot cruising-wise. Looking towards the 2021 calendar announcements, I would love to get some trips penciled in on the calendar. Also, because the group cruises that I ran in 2007 to 2012, I started a home-based travel agency. Today, I mostly just use my travel agency for family and friends, but I have learned a lot of the technical stuff over the years. If you ever need help or support, let me know, and I would be more than happy to help you uh, learn that end thanks so much and love the show nick nick thank you so much man that is such an appreciated offer i feel like i made a little bit of a stride in the last couple of months with these group cruises and moving and shaking and trying to get on the phone with people and learning things as i go and maybe not having to call for things that i used to have to call for i feel like i definitely stepped up a little bit on the travel agent end of it knowing the categories knowing how to you know uh, sift through the code words and the category and the, and the rate codes and the difference between this and that i think i've stepped my, my game a little bit but yes i do have a long way to go as well uh it would be great to have you, Nick, on one of the group cruises, especially you, as seasoned as you are. Uh, Pittsburgh, too, huh? I uh, spent a good amount of time in Pittsburgh myself for three years. I was uh, what you might call a bit of a big shot in Pittsburgh, maybe you might say. I uh, ran and operated, oversaw two of the two uh, largest two of the largest bars and one of them shut down eventually calico jacks but i was a partner and opened and ran mcfadden's for its first three years of existence and uh we had one hell of a time there talk about some stories that came out of that place i mean we'd be at mount washington at five in the morning after a long sunday shift after the steelers played it was a zoo it really was a zoo and it was a lot of fun to be had some of the stories i can share with you guys some of the stories i could never share with you guys you know what I mean? As much as I'd love to. That's for the Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. You get some stories there that I, you know, come on, man. You can't, just, I got to keep them under wraps a little bit. Got to stay behind that paywall. Uh, but the Pirates and Pier Runners 3 in 2021 is still up for grabs. We still don't know what we're doing with that. There's a faction, a loyal faction, a charismatic faction of the Always Be Booked family that wants to do the Celebrity Apex. I don't know that I want to make the jump to Celebrity. I don't know that I, I don't know that we're, we're built for Celebrity. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful ship, probably great food, probably a little more luxurious than we used to. But we need those beats. We need those beats going late into the night. We need, we need to be able to, I'm sure we'd find fun on Celebrity. But what we want to do is have the fun come to us. And take it to another level. That's what we kind of want to do. But we will see. Nick, I will definitely keep you posted on what we end up doing for Pirates and Pier Runners 3 in 2021. And I absolutely hope you can make that trip. All right, this one's rough. Hi, like you, I'm a veteran cruiser. 
Fairly early on, I found your podcast and have listened to it faithfully. Although I do not cruise on Norwegian Cruise Line Carnival or Royal Caribbean, I found you amusing and at times provided good general information about cruising. To say you're an acquired taste is very true. Well, I am glad you acquired it, so let's get into the bad news here. Today I am listening to your podcast about your group cruise. You boasted about skipping the muster drill and then proceeded to tell listeners that the cruise line did not follow up. As a passenger of more than 30 cruises, you must know that your action violated international maritime law and SOLAS regulations. Uh, You were the leader of this group of pirates and peer runners, and instead of setting a good example, you chose to ignore potentially life-saving information. To be proud of this is wrongful, and your action is shameful. I am unsubscribing to your podcast. Also, where I can, I will be advertising your appalling behavior on social media. Terry. Um, Terry, you sound like a real hit at parties, buddy. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the knee-jerk reaction on this guy is to be like, you know, screw you, you know, I'll do what I want, you're no fun, you know. You, you know, you're stuck in the mud, you know, and that's 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 the knee jerk. And probably a lot of the listeners are thinking the same thing, too. But a lot of listeners probably aren't. A lot of listeners, you know, the real cruises and the hardcores are probably saying there's something that 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 this guy is right about. You know what I'm saying? There's something to what he's saying, you know, and I don't disagree. I don't disagree. You know, it is it right to skip the mustard drill? No. Is it right to brag about it? I don't think I was necessarily bragging about it. I was just almost like telling a story of doing the things. I absolutely am confident that I would know what to do if the ship is going to go. If for the first time in 100 years, a cruise ship, well, besides Costa Concordia, is going to, uh, you know, roll over and the lifeboats have to be deployed. I'm pretty confident I would know where to go. I would be in the right spot. Having said that, I can't really argue with what you're saying. I can't really argue with the fact that they do the mustard drill for a reason and you should show up. And uh, all I could say is, you know, I, 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 I you know, it's, listen, sometimes I act like a juvenile delinquent. Okay. Sometimes I do that. I'm human. Out of all the mustard drills, of all the cruises I've been to, I've probably missed about three, maybe four tops. Okay. I do. Maybe I shouldn't brag about it. Maybe I shouldn't celebrate it. But I always talk about doing the things. I talk about taking risks. I also got run over in Nassau. I also almost got smashed by a moving safari taxi in St. Thomas. A lot of things. Almost drowned in my Orlando apartment complex pool trying to test out one of those fancy new uh, snorkel masks. That was touch and go for a minute. I almost went down. Almost drowned in three feet of water. So... Terry, I appreciate what you're saying, and I'm not going to jump on and be like, you know what, screw you, watch your mouth, who are you to talk to me like that? I'm not doing that. You uh, clearly are a dude that goes by the rules. You play by the rules, and you know what, we need people like you out there. We need people that, you know, as reckless and stupid as I can be sometimes, it's good that we have people out there that are, you know what, rules are there for a reason, don't break the freaking rules. And you know what, That's good. it's a good leadership quality to have, and uh I didn't mean to offend you. I definitely apologize if I offended you. I don't really apologize for what I did. I apologize if you feel offended. Uh, But from now on, yeah, I will think about it. I will think about you, Terry. You've ensured that. You know what I mean? I'll be thinking about you every time they call for a mustard drill from now on. So (laughs) 
from one veteran cruiser to another. I really hope you don't go on a social media smear campaign. I hope you don't have the cruise feds looking for me as the guy who skipped the muster drill on the January 18th uh, Adventure of the Seas cruise. But uh, if you do, I guess uh, I guess I got I got what's coming to me, right? Terry, I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize that I offended you. I apologize that you are offended. And uh, if you're listening to this, maybe stick around. Don't 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 jump off the bandwagon yet. You've you'd spent all that time acquiring the taste of my acquired tasteism, so uh, don't give up so easily. Hello, Tommy. Hope you're doing well. I recently came back from a cruise on Carnival Dream out of Galveston, and I want to share it with you. As I start this, I hope this is not too long. No, it's too long. <laughs> I'm kind of kidding, but not really. But I'm going to read it anyway. Shout out to Sid. Sid's going to Alaska soon. That's going to be one hell of a trip. I only thought of that because I'm just thinking of long emails here. Sid, I miss your long emails. I hope we get a, a long email from Sid when he comes back from Alaska. And I hope there's some crazy story about how he got alcohol on board. Uh, this is my second cruise on Carnival. The first one was on the Liberty back in 2016, which was my first cruise. We cruised Royal Caribbean twice since then, one on a small ship, Vision of the Seas, and one on a larger ship, Liberty of the Seas. After two cruises on each company, we are certain we prefer Royal Caribbean. I could go into the reasons why and the differences we noticed, but it would be an even longer email. Maybe just leave that for another email. We will focus on Carnival Dream right now. I booked two staterooms for this cruise, one for my family, three of us, and one for my in-laws, three of them. We got a very good deal on this sailing under a thousand for each stateroom on a five-night cruise. The ports were supposed to be Cozumel and Progreso in the Yucatan. It didn't happen that way, but uh, more on that in a bit. We drove to Galveston. Ooh, sorry, I scrolled too far. Don't you hate a good scroll too far? We drove to Galveston that day before the cruise so we can catch the Carnival Freedom and the Liberty of the Seas. We ate at the Jimmy John's across the street from the port while we watched the sail away through the big windows. We all stayed on a two-bedroom suite in Baymont by Wyndham about four and a half miles away from the port for about $130 a night. The next day, we arrived at our uh, pre-selected time, 12 to 12.30, and we were on the ship within 20 minutes. We had to do the crowded atrium on deck three and fought our way to deck five, where we went to Guy's Pig and Anchor for lunch, as I knew the buffet would be wild. Pig and Anchor barbecue was not bad at all. I enjoyed the chicken and brisket, and most, they have multiple good sauces too. Uh, you enjoy the chicken and brisket the most, and they have multiple good sauces too. Uh, after we finished lunch, the staterooms were ready, and we headed to unpack. We walked a bit from the, uh, before one of the last, one of the least enjoy- enjoyable mustard drills I've ever had. We were tightly packed into one of the teen club areas. The whole thing lasted over forty minutes, but we were good after that. Yes, Carnival has done that. Carnival has had where it's like torturous muster stations and i think it comes along with the lines of simplifying it i think it comes along the lines of trying to make it easier or maybe even more fun and then what they end up doing is a combination of the two which means nobody wins and it ends up being a 40 freaking minute muster draw but you got to know enough to get there late I like the layout of the ship. There's plenty of outdoor space and hot tubs everywhere. My favorite outdoor area was the aft pool. I think you would like it. I remember you wanted to sail on a dream class ship. Have you? The answer is no. I'll interject there. The answer is no. And I will be on our next group cruise, Pirates and Piranhas 2, on Carnival Magic out of Miami on November 7th. Going to Amber Cove, St. Thomas, San Juan, and, Tur- and Grand Turk. Uh, back to you. The oldest of the three, and it shows. So the 
the this is the oldest of the three, and it shows. It is the one of the last ships to be decorated by Joe Farkas, with the magic being the last. So yeah, so Joe Farkas, I saw, I, I heard he had a hand in the magic. He didn't deliver, he didn't design the whole thing, but he had a pretty good hand in the magic. Uh, that's the reason Carnival Breeze has a different interior look than its two sisters. We ate at the main dining room for breakfast almost every day and for dinner every night. We had early dining, and the overall experience was okay. We had an awesome waiter and always frustrated waitress. <laughs> so we had one awesome waiter and an always frustrated waitress. That's unfortunate, but that does happen. You do get that here and there. We enjoyed most things that we had. I eat gluten-free and was happy to... Uh, to uh, be presented after my meal with the next day's menu. Oh, that's cool. Nice little touch. They could prepare almost anything in the menu gluten-free, even a good seafood pasta. We were not impressed by the buffet. It felt like they had very few op- options compared to even smaller Royal Caribbean ships. This ship's buffet was big and had four uh, the ship this ship's buffet area was big and had four main buffet sections that would just have the same foods repeated. We tried midnight pizza at Pizzeria del Capitano. I ate plenty of gluten-free slices during the trip. It was definitely not the best gluten-free crust I've ever had, but the sauce, cheese, toppings made up for it. I think Guy's Pig and Anchor was our favorite. Okay, so gluten-free on the crust. Uh, So there are people who do do it well, I guess. I'm taking from that. I did not know that. I thought if you're going to sacrifice the gluten on a pizza crust, you're going to be in some trouble. But it sounds like uh, you have have had some experience with some decent options. During breakfast on the first sea day, there was an announcement. We had to return to Galveston for a medical... Oh, boy. A medical emergency evacuation since it was too windy for the Coast Guard's helicopter. As we rushed back to Galveston at usually unusually fast speeds, plus 30 knots, or right around 30 knots, I enjoyed the extra rocking of the ship that reminded me that I was at sea. We missed Cozumel, had a sea day instead. My in-laws were not thrilled, but I was happy to have more time to explore the ship. That's interesting. So the entire ship, so there was a medical evacuation and the entire ship missed a port. That's, uh, you know, you hear about missing a port. Usually it's because of the weather. Usually it's because of unforeseen Mother Nature circumstances. Uh, but yeah, because one person had to get brought back. I mean, it's the right thing to do, I guess. I just hadn't heard of that happening. You know, I mean, I just, I'm, and I'm sure it makes sense that it would. I just haven't heard of it. We only had one port of call, and that was Progresso, Yucatan. Ooh, that is rough. We did not have a specific plan of what we were going to do. That's even rougher. We were leaning on a resort, but ended up getting a private tour to Merida. It turns out that my in-laws have an old classmate that lives about 30 minutes from the port of Progresso. He had the last day off and went to pick us up to show us around and catch up with his old classmates he hadn't seen in over 10 years. We first stop at a street food stand to have some typical breakfast tacos from the Yucatan. Uh, Concanita Pibil is a very popular pork dish. Was that a test? Just getting me to pronounce stuff. Uh, Is a very popular pork dish that is served in taco or sandwich form. We headed to downtown Merida for Merida, Merida, for walking and to visit a street market. Time flew by and we went back to Progreso to spend the last hour at the beach as per my daughter's request. The ship's entertainment department had it down. Cruise director was uh, Gary was energetic. 
uh, charismatic and everywhere. He would see that's the Carnival Cruise director philosophy. I've never seen a bad Carnival Cruise director. He would be at nearly every. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He would be at nearly every event. The production shows were entertaining and concise. The highlight was the Caroline Picard, a really good comic also known as the Cajun Queen. Too bad we only saw her last show and missed a few different sets she had earlier in the sailing. We have a four-year-old daughter who would, uh, who would never want to leave Camp Ocean. At first, she was hesitant since we missed the open house hours. I promised I would check in after five check her in after five minutes and she agreed to it after that she would beg to stay longer she was sad to leave the ship and still asks when can we go on another ship we debarked the latest possible time which was 9 30 to 9 45 i believe it took about 35 minutes to clear customs this was our in-laws first cruise they were there were the reset there there i'm sorry there the reception was mixed they were not happy to miss Cozumel. Overall, we enjoyed our time at sea, ate great food, and enjoyed sharing the adventure with the family. Keep up the good work, Andres. All right, so that's a lot to take in. That is definitely a long, full, complex, and uh, complete review. And I completely appreciate that, Andres. If I didn't want to do it, otherwise I wouldn't have read it online. So I really, really do appreciate the email. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. If I was on a cruise ship, and the only port, and I paid, well, you got a good deal on the cruise, but still, you paid you paid good money, and you only had one port. See, Carnival, to me, should have done something with that. You should have gotten maybe 25% off your next cruise. To me, I get it in the contract. I know what it says. Tell me, Andres, did they give you anything? Did they offer anything for the fact that you went on this cruise and you only had one port of call? I would love to know that. Um yeah, and I, I don't know what to... So I'm curious as to why, what you love about Royal Caribbean, and why is Royal Caribbean so much better than Carnival, because it seemed like you had a pretty good time on this sailing. So I'd love to know that. But either way, I'm glad you had a good time, and I do appreciate the comprehensive review, and I look forward to more of them from you, Andres. Thanks so much. All right. Hi, Tommy. Really enjoyed hearing your recap episode from your group cruise. We just got home a few weeks ago from our cruise on the Carnival Magic. You will love it for your next group cruise. Lots of fun to be had on that ship. If you get to have Simon London as your cruise director, you will be in for a treat. He had lots of energy. I'll interrupt there. My first ever cruise. I forgot the name of the cruise director. And you know what? It kind of just went against what I just said. But it was my first cruise. So I didn't necessarily know to look for the cruise director and what to appreciate in a cruise director. Hell, I went to St. Thomas and went looking for turtles. We went swimming looking for turtles. I mean, we didn't know what to do. We were just kind of like winging it. But one person I did remember was a member of the entertainment staff. He was on the microphone. He was introducing comedians. He was singing. He was dancing. He was everywhere. And his name was Simon. And that's who this guy is. So Simon is the cruise director on the Carnival Magic right now. I looked. I erroneously, I put fake news up today. I put a, uh, a post that said, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, uh, Leon was going to be our cruise director. And he was my cruise director on the, on the Paradise. Now, he's not. Simon's coming back. So Leon's coming off for a little while when Simon goes on vacation. Then Simon's coming back. So I was like, okay, we're going to get Simon. Then I looked at the outdate for Simon, and it's December 7th. So we're going to miss Simon by one freaking sailing. 
And it doesn't say who's coming on on November 7th. So we have a mystery guy. Maybe it's going to be Leon again. Maybe it's going to be Simon. It's going to extend for you. Who knows? But it doesn't tell you. As of right now, the cruise director schedule from Carnival only goes up until November 7th. And that's all we got. Um, sadly, I'm going to continue. Sadly, after going on a cruise each of the last three years, our first three cruises, our first three cruises ever, our uh, we are taking next winter off because our oldest son is starting university this coming fall, and we want to keep money available just in case he is in need of extra money with his first year away at school. Very, very nice. I mean, that's what being a parent is all about, right? That's a great job. Even with taking a year off, we had to take advantage of deals Carnival sent us after getting home. So we booked from February 22nd uh, on the Mardi Gras. We will be going to Cozumel, Mahogany Bay, and Costa Maya. We booked this cruise just based on the new Mardi Gras, not too worried about the ports. So since we have 740 days until our next cruise, I will be living through you and your cruise podcast and any cruises you take between now and then. Jason in Canada. Jason, it will be my absolute pleasure to go on cruises and have you live vicariously through them. In fact... You can send me on some if you want to. If you really need to live vicariously through anybody, you can send me on some cruises as well. I'm just kidding. But yeah, you know what? The name of the show is always be booked. You got 740 days, but you're booked. That's all that matters. You're booked. All right, here's my guy, Ploofy, right here. Todd. Ploofy in upstate New York here. It's been a while since my last email, so I thought I'd drop you a line. Been listening to all of the podcasts about the group cruise. Sounds like it was an epic cruise. So here's the deal. Me and some friends want to do the Pirates and Pier Runners 2 group cruise in November. The holdup is my wife. We went on our first cruise in January of 2019 on the Carnival Fascination. We had a blast. The only issue was the ship we were on. Well, that's a big issue, right? An older fantasy class ship with limited options. Then we went on Norwegian Cruise Line Breakaway in November, and it was incredible. The food, the restaurants were incredible. So the wife has this stigma attached to Carnival. We watched videos of the magic, and I think it looks awesome. So much nicer, bigger, better than the fascination. Anyways, she wants to do another Norwegian, but our friends have a ton of discounts for Carnival, and this will work out better financially for them. We're 80% on board. If it happens, we will be booking in the next couple of days. I've already done my homework, but I wanted to reach out and see what you could do. We're looking for a midship balcony, drink package for both as a must. Let me know what you could do. Also, this does not need to be read on air. Uh, Todd, sorry, saw that last part at the end, and I saw I dropped the ball all around here because Todd, without my help, is definitely booked on this cruise. And I read the email, and I don't know, I don't think you didn't want me to. It looked like an email. That's a very entertaining email. You know what I mean? It gives a lot of detail, tells you about the fantasy class. Yes, but I agree with you 100. percent You know what I mean? The fantasy class. You got to tell your wife that the fantasy class is just not a good gauge as to what Carnival brings to the table. Now, for me, it was refreshing to go on a fantasy class ship and see what Carnival is all about from the software standpoint. You know, when you have crappy hardware, I think a lot of people get a little bit lazy. I think the cruise directors get a little bit lazy. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't say that, but I think if it's a really good state-of-the-art ship, the ship does the work for you. You're looking at all But when you're on a carnival fantasy class ship the entertainment has to be on point you have to say hey look over here don't look at (laughs) what's that smell i don't know but look what i'm about to do (laughs) 
What is that? Uh, what's that rust on the side of the uh, ship? No, forget about that. Look up here. I'm about to jump off the side of. Uh, I'm about to stage dive off the side of the um, atrium bar. You know what I mean? So they they make sure they bring bring it when it comes to the entertainment. And uh, that's one thing that I really liked about my experience on the carnival. Uh, what was it? The Paradise out of Tampa. That's pretty much it, guys. Please, again, check me out. Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Always Be Booked. Uh, for $5 a month, you get an extra show a day. Check us out at the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Email me, Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. Check out a couple of the YouTube videos we just put up at Always Be Booked on YouTube. Uh, check out if you want anything as far as booking cruises, travel agency stuff. If you want me to price out some cruises for you, I got you back. Uh, just give me a call at 323-GETAWAY or email me at Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. And uh, Instagram, Always Be Booked. Thank you guys so much for listening. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-hot tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, I'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from